Welcome once again to the Life Plus God podcast. I am your host, Alyssa Robinson, and today I am here with one of our associate pastors, Reverend Doug Meyer. Welcome. Doug. Hey guys. We haven't been you with you in a while. We're glad that you're back on the show. I know. I went away and I'm back. Yeah. All right. So today, the big faith question that we're going to explore maybe answer, maybe not, is how should I pray? And I already want to make an amendment to that because I don't really want to think of it as rules and guidelines of how you should be praying. So let's okay. say, how could I pray? Let's open up the possibilities the nine yards. I of like prayer. Because um, what I'm not trying to do here is be prescriptive and claim that Pastor Doug is, you know, the thought leader in prayer and that Please. he's going to tell you exactly yeah. how to do it. That's not what we're trying to do here. Yep, exactly. So let's dive in. All right, Doug, I want to jump right in on a personal level. Okay. What is your relationship with prayer right now? Right now as in today. Okay. You know, it's kind of winky right now. I have, uh, I'm on a, a bit of a spiritual desert journey of, um, I call it wandering and wandering, and um, just trying to get my head around the connection between what I think about prayer and for me, then that means I need to think about what I think about God. Mm-hmm. Because for me, prayer is uh, its kind of like breathing. It's just this ongoing relationship I have with God. And so I play tug-of-war of, around the issues of like certain kinds of prayers. And, um, you know, as pastors, we're called upon to pray a lot. Just We're always supposed to have a spontaneous prayer in us. For anything, every time, you know, you know how it is in meetings, who's going to pray? And there's just kind of this assumption that we are dialed in and tuned in and ready to just go for it. And not only dialed in, but like it's expected that you're eager to do so. You are eager to jump in. I want to be the person to oh, pray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe even have, uh, I kind of sarcastically call them the magic words, mm. like the most favored words to God that'll perk up God's ears or, or what have you. And um, so, you know, when you first asked me to do this, I was really kind of hesitant because of this attitude I have right now of uh, how can I speak about something that I don't have figured out? And, um, and then a little bit of shame of, wait, I'm a pastor. Shouldn't I already have this figured out? And since I don't, what's it matter what I think? So... Um, but couldn't we say that about anything? Like why? I mean, can any of us truly claim we have anything in this life figured out? No, but I think um, I wish you could hear sometimes assumptions that people have of pastors, mm. especially related to faith questions, biblical questions, faith practices, that there is, um, it's kind of like an application, a, a, uh, an assumption that, oh, you went all the way through graduate school, you did all this, da 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 you've been doing this all your life, don't you have it figured out by now? Yeah, so like your purpose as my pastor is to help me figure it out, and that means you need to have it figured out, exactly. where like the real calling of pastors and shepherding is to walk alongside people. Yeah, 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 exactly, and um, but that's not a widely held belief. Hmm. A, a pretty widely held belief is you have it all figured out, I can dial into you, and you'll give me, you know, the answer. There are people here and others in my life who have given me a, a really wide lane to feel comfortable and say, right now I don't have it all figured out. I have it other times in my life. I thought I had it all figured out. And um, right now, not so much. Mm. So, so can you put a little bit more description around, like, what is it about prayer that you don't feel like you quite have your finger on right now? Well, so I, uh, I'm going to just wander for a minute, okay? As Karen says, process out loud. So for me, prayer is a conversation with God. And uh, who am I in relationship to God to ask God to do special favors? And... um this God of the universe is so um, inconceivable and immeasurable um, for me to ask, you know, a favor or ask blessing upon or ask this upon. Um, 
I feel like I'm not worthy. I feel like um, God's got bigger things to worry about, you know, when it I said— It starts to feel petty. It does. It feels yeah. like— um, Here's a list of things, God, I'd really appreciate if you take care of these today. Kind of like me on my day off. Hey, it'd really be good if we checked back in later and you had the sandaled. Um, and then I get way up in my head and I get um, thinking about God and the uh, universality of God and the, um, and the galaxies of galaxies of galaxies of God and think, um, who am I to think that I say, uh, hey, God, and God goes, yes, how can I help you? <laughs> Um, and then I read scripture, and scripture seems to be pretty directive about being uh, speaking to, as Jesus would say, our, my father. And um, so I get just twisted all around. And, um, and so maybe the thing I do is the thing I probably shouldn't do, which is I just don't pray for a while. But probably I should say, God, I'm really struggling with this. And um, and just see how that evolves. See, I wonder if um, there's a different way to look at prayer because when I I used to have a similar definition to prayer of it's a conversation with God, and I think that that's how it's always been described to us, mm -hmm. right? Growing mm -hmm. up in the church, they're like all all prayer. You don't need to be intimidated by prayer. All it is is a conversation with God, and yet God's never talked back to me. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, in my prayer time over the past, I would say three or four years, my definition of prayer has changed. And what you were describing of like this immeasurable expanding universe that is God that will never fully understand, my prayer practice has become, I want to tap into that. Yeah. Like I want to feel that. And it's not necessarily a conversation. Maybe there aren't even words involved. It, it, I'm not asking for anything. Um, I see benefit in that for some people, but I'll say like my prayer life is not, uh, centered around asking for things, praying for other people or, uh, asking for resolution in mm -hmm. any way. Yeah. Uh, my prayer life is just silence and solitude and trying to feel the energy of Christ. Right. And I think that is prayer. Some people would call it more meditation. Um, but it's really changed. I feel like when I walk, uh, and I don't do it as often as I should, I'm not going to claim, hey, I start every morning with a 30-minute meditation of silence. <laughs> no, I don't do that at all. Um, I find that when I am able to do that, it completely changes my empathy meter. It completely mm. changes my openness to the world around me. It changes my interactions with people throughout the day. And none of it felt like, uh, I'll use air quotes, a conversation with God. Right. Um, so no, Well, because I... No, I I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Like uh, a conversation, I think we would make assumptions that a conversation, there are two, uh, it's a dialogue, right? There's two people and you're both talking and one will stop and the other start and so forth and so on. And um, man, that would be cool. <laughs> Probably a little scary. God say, hey, yeah, what's going on? Uh, but um, where I guess I find myself is like, I, I do that. I will every morning, I take a walk every morning with a dog every night with a dog. And um, I try to just be attentive to the world. Uh, like right now we have five crows that live in our neighborhood and they uh, talk to us and to my dog and they squawk and he barks and it's just a really funny thing. And um, that might be cool if that were God, who knows. But, um, you know, I'm comfortable experiencing God's presence in things like art and painting, um, music, conversation, um, the energies that come together in those moments seem otherworldliness. And that, by that, I just, um, it's transcendent. Mm -hmm. Then you take me and you put me in a setting where it is, um, uh, hey, we need you to put words to a prayer this morning to uh, start this meeting or at this hospital visit. Or, you know, what I'd really like to do is just say to a um, Hey, let's just all hold hands. Oh, God. 
And everybody's going to think, you know, Pastor Doug just went off the hippie end or something like that. And um, so I don't know. I feel like— In a hospital setting, I understand. In a work setting, it feels a little— I might just do that tomorrow if I get called on You've done it to us before. I know. Uh, Who knows? (laughs) But uh, I I feel moderately comfortable. I feel a little intimidated in this setting because I, in the back of my head right now, go, oh, there are people who—people are going to hear this and judge me as a less than or you know, not as capable pastor mm. uh, because I don't have it all figured out. But, oh, well. Yeah. Um, I think we call that ego. Probably. And, and I've pride. been catching myself up in ego a lot lately of having to, anytime that I feel offended by something or nervous about something or worried about the way I'll be perceived, I'm trying to like be like no that's not you that's your ego cut it out well maybe that's what like uh, i think my ego's favorite word is should Mm. you should know that or you should be able to Mm. and i hear right behind that kind of a a condensate condensating condescending condescending (laughs) not condensation (laughs) the condensation the condensation of shame (laughs) It sounds like a—anyway. Um, a lot of, of uh, rules that probably my ego has made up uh, to keep me in check or something. Yeah. So. Well, so so you mentioned you're in a little bit of a spiritual desert right now, which thanks for saying that. I'm sure there are plenty of people listening who are in the spiritual desert. I've been in a weird desert for a long time um, that have a little, little oasises here yeah. and there, but yeah, it, it's, it's an odd time. Can, so thinking back to a time that you weren't in the desert, yeah. sometimes it's hard to even remember what that felt like, but how was your prayer life or prayer time different? Can you remember in the times that you weren't wandering um i think it was probably more predictable probably more uh and at times wrote um you know i grew up in a setting where you know every meal had a prayer with it every morning had a prayer every evening had a prayer and um so there was kind of a um an ease with that if you would the um in kind of my uh, my healthiest, I think, is uh, when I am more open to surprise than closed off thinking, what's the purpose? You know, it, it, sounds, it sounds a little depressive <laughs> thinking. Um, and so maybe in my uh, most fertile prayer ground, I am, I am things like hopeful and energetic mm-hmm. and um, less judgmental of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which scriptures going into the Bible and figuring out this prayer, um, are there scriptures that kind of help you better understand prayer? Yeah, there's a bunch. You know, uh, I... It's hard. It's hard because when I think of... um, I mean, we're taught how to pray with the Lord's Prayer, so mm-hmm. that's a very specific prayer. But a lot of the instances of prayer in Scripture are just us reading about people praying. Right. So it still feels, it's not necessarily an explanation. No, so let me share with you, I think what is maybe my favorite right now, it's in Matthew 6, it's uh, Jesus talking about prayer. Can I read it out loud? Yeah, okay. sure can. This is Matthew 6. I'm going to start with verse 5. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to stand in the synagogues and on street corners and pray so people will see them. I tell you the truth, they already have their full reward. When you pray, you should go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who cannot be seen. Your father can see what is done in secret and he will reward you. And when you pray, don't be like those people who don't know God. They continue saying things that mean nothing, thinking that God will hear them because of their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask. So when you pray, you should pray like this. And then he goes on to teach what we now call the Lord's Prayer. I like the, um, I like the idea that Jesus is introducing the privacy of prayer. 
mm-hmm. and that it's really a, a conversation between you and God and not to be showy or use the just right words and, you know, go in your room. Don't. I like that. I, that for me right now is giving me permission to, and I have long talks, I guess we'll call them prayers with God about saying, God, I really could use a little help here figuring this all out. So, but yeah, you know, man, Google it. There's all sorts of other ones, other examples. And, um, you know, I think some of the other examples are the ones where people uh, have sometimes gotten uh, this notion that, you know, prayer is a little bit like a, a, a genie in a bottle. Mm-hmm. If you just pray the, the right way or with the right people or doing this or doing that, um, you know, there is a prayer, uh, there's a, a scripture that I don't know off the top of my head about, you know, and when you pray, um, Basically, you know, pray for whatever you need and your Father will supply that. I think that's a really abused scripture. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, but I think also the caveat in there is we don't know what we need. Right. Like, pray well, for what you need, and it's like, okay, I'll pray for what I want. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. No, it really is more of um, that whole need want conundrum thing, right? But, um, a matter of fact, that you know what? I just remembered that one. It's Matthew 22. Let's see if we can kind of go into that and just struggle for a minute. Oh, you know what? Helps to have the right book, Matthew 21, verse 22. Basically, well, I'm going to read the text right before it. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt, you will be able to do what I did to this tree and even more. You'll be able to say to this mountain, go, fall into the sea. And if you have faith, it will happen. If you believe, you will get anything you ask for in prayer. I think that... Yeah, let's struggle with that one. Because <laughs> I'm already struggling. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. It, it, feels, it, it feels like um, the things that people say to you of you prayed for something... And it didn't happen. And they're like, well, that's because you didn't have faith. Mm-hmm. It's always put back on me of like, well, you you were doubting. You didn't believe enough. You didn't have enough faith. You didn't pray hard enough. You didn't, you know, whatever it is, when maybe the truth is, it doesn't matter how much I would have prayed, mm-hmm. how much faith I have. That wasn't, it wasn't ever going to happen. Right. Yeah. No, I think it's a... Uh and probably just dropping it in like a little bomb here is so, not very useful. But um, why would Jesus say that? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I wish I had studied it longer to find out what's the full context of that. But um, I think it's about more about your individual relationship and faith um, than it is this measurable thing. If you believe, you will get anything you ask for in prayer. Gosh, I really don't. I don't know. <laughs> those are the those are the things that really confuse me. So yeah. it's kind of like you you mentioned already is like uh, the wish list, and you do it right, God will answer your prayer. Or even the scripture that is probably the most famous scripture about prayer that uh, if you thought I was going to look up exactly where it is in the Bible, you're wrong because I didn't. <laughs> but uh, pray without ceasing when you pray. Yeah. Pray without ceasing. Yeah. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Because mm-hmm. that's not possible. Like yeah. prayer without ceasing is not possible. And so some of the so much of what we read about in scripture either feels intangible or unattainable. Mm-hmm. And so it is a, it feels a little discouraging mm-hmm. at times of like okay, this is not an easy instruction manual of how to pray. The what you started with um where Jesus was leading up to the Lord's prayer of like, Hey, that I totally vibe with that of like, don't be showing off. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be out in the street. Don't use all of this flowery language to try to make yourself sounds like you're pious and you're closer to God and all of these things do it privately. And I'm like, yeah, I love that. And then giving us exact words. And it's almost as if Jesus was like, Hey, try this. Like, (laughs) here's, if you're looking for words, here are some helpful words to get you in the right headspace. I'm like, yes, perfect. That's exactly what I need. But then a few chapters later for him to be saying, hey, just believe and your prayers will be answered. I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) What's going on here? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's confusing. It is. And I think um, 
Yeah, that's a great word for it. It is confusing. And I think the best I know I can do is just keep um, trying. And I say that, and I need to just put a little hypocritical mark over here because I know that's what I should do, but my practice is frequently, if it's really hard, I don't understand it, I step away from it for a while. Mm. And um, probably if somebody were to come in and ask Pastor Doug advice, he would say, just keep walking, keep trying, keep walking, keep trying. And I think that's maybe what that, I want to believe that that's what the pray without ceasing is about. Mm -hmm. That it's, um, I've always interpreted that as relational. And that, uh, you know, rather than have a, a, a template for your prayer, that it is fluid and like breathing. That it's just, um, you know, for me, prayer is conversation with God. And not necessarily verbal, but just this attentiveness, awareness of God's presence. So, um, you know, God isn't, in my mind, just present at 6.30 in the morning and 10.30 at night. That there is this ebb and flowness. You know, back in the day when I talked or taught kids or youth, I would say you can pray anywhere, anytime about anything. And so to me, that kind of is a pray without ceasing mm. template. It almost feels like... Um Maybe instead of pray without ceasing, it is just uh, don't give up on prayer. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, maybe because so. even when you have big breaks in your prayer life, which I am obviously one of those people, I have huge breaks in my prayer life. I haven't given up on it. I'm not ready to throw in the towel and say, no, prayer just isn't it for me. Mm -hmm. I think that for a long time I've been exploring like what style of prayer actually connects me to the spirit of God. Um, because all of the, the little things that I grew up with, um, and there's so many models of, I've had, you know, someone described to me like the five finger prayer where they kind of like use their, their hand to, uh, on each finger as a prayer for a different thing. And then yep, yep, yep. there's people talk about bullet prayers and just like sending out like bullet point prayers to God throughout the day and, and things uh, yeah. like that. And I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Like it just, it feels too concrete to me. It like, feels kind of manufactured, doesn't it? It does. Like, here's how I, uh, Here's how I dated Jesus. How about you date Jesus <laughs> like I did or, or got to know Jesus? You know, that's just, um, yeah. and I think that that's probably. It's like bringing cue cards to a date. <laughs> what they call, that was what, flash dating or something yeah. where you had to answer the first, these five questions really fast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I just, in my heart of hearts, feel like that's not what I want my spiritual relationship to be like with God. Yeah. And that feels just real put together and manufactured and I don't know. I, I feel like that's, and maybe that works for some people. I, uh, I want and expect more. I mean, it must work for a lot of people for, for that to be the main way that the majority of us are taught to pray. Or maybe just nobody understands it and we're all just making it up and saying, no, this is because it's the easiest to explain. We're like, yeah, this is how you do it. But nobody truly feels connected to it. I don't know. No, and it's taught frequently uh, like prescriptive, like if you do this, then. Right. Like I used to, I'm going to try to remember it one. There's one called Acts, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication. And that it was... Um, well, here, here, here are your prayer rules. Do it like this. Have a prayer of adoration. Check. Have a prayer two or three or five of confession. Have a prayer of thanksgiving. Have a prayer of supplication, i.e. praying for other people. Did that. All right. Good. Good night, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. That just doesn't feel vulnerable or honest, but maybe it is. Maybe when people pray that, maybe they are. I don't I know. I mean, maybe the hope with something like that is, hey, here's a template to get you started. Yeah. But if that's where it ends, then you're not growing in your prayer life because maybe, you know, using that ax model that you just laid out could be a very enriching prayer experience if you're willing with each of those to step into vulnerability and not treat it as a checklist. Right, yeah. To create like what I would call soft edges where you can, um, you know, in a lot of different things, I need a warm up. And, you know, maybe that is, all right, to get started today yeah. or in this moment or whatever. Um, so, you know, it's, um, 
it is one of those things, though, that I think is deeply personal. And so uh, who am I to say to somebody else, your way isn't right? Mm -hmm. If it's working for you, great. Yeah. But also to that end, we do a lot of communal prayer. Mm -hmm. So there's the pray in private, your own way, in your house, God gets it, whatever. But then we do like... You said opening a meeting with prayer, opening a Bible study with prayer, prayer in the worship experience where we're all praying together. Um, And that's always felt a little odd to me because I do view prayer as a very private thing. And so group prayer has always felt a little uncomfortable to me. Yeah, I find myself at times like if I'm praying... so here's some of the settings. Like if, if a pastor is present, a pastor will get called upon to open a meeting with a prayer. Um, open, um, you know, we have uh, the pastoral prayer in the worship service. And um, frequently I find myself saying words in my prayers that I then wonder, well, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. How far back down in my recesses? Because I, for instance, I'm a big believer that God is ever present. But yet, uh, I will pray frequently, God, thank you for your presence today, um, as if maybe God wouldn't be present today, you know? (laughs) And um, I think that, for instance, in uh, he, well, that's a whole other subject about praying and around healing, Mm. because that's, um, you know, when I make hospital visits, I pray with people that um, we will find peace and strength. And uh, I know that that probably people right now who are listening are like, well, wait, you're supposed to pray for healing. Yeah, I think you are. But I think God already knows you need healing. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, a, that's another struggle thing. How, you know, am I, when I pray, am I telling God things that God didn't already know? Yeah. Is any well, of this news to God? And you just preached a few weeks ago on uh, the man who was lowered, the paralytic man who was lowered through the, through the ceiling, or yeah, through the roof yeah. to be touched by Jesus for healing, and like the faith of that. And I think a lot of people take that story and say, okay, this is why we pray for healing. If we have enough faith, Jesus says we will be healed. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's just hard to wrestle with because I, you know have been very open about my diagnosis with MS. And I've had so many people say that they're praying for my healing. I've had people ask that they can lay hands on me for healing. And in the beginning, I was I was uncomfortable with it, but I was like, okay, like that's fine. And so people would touch me and, and pray over me and all of this stuff. And then it just got to the point that when people would ask that, I was like, no, no, thank you. I don't mm-hmm. want that. Like yeah. I, it feels empty. It doesn't feel like what I should be praying for. It feels selfish, honestly, for me to pray for my own healing when so many people in the world are suffering so much more deeply than I am. And um, it's it started to feel icky. Like I didn't want people to pray for my healing anymore. Um, I don't know. I don't have anything to put around that except I, and I will say like, I, I, in the beginning, I prayed for my own healing, but now I don't, I haven't prayed for my healing in a really, really long time. Yeah, no, I get that. And, and I, you know, where I am now is when like around the word healing is coming to understand or support the notion that healing isn't always that it goes back to the way it used to be, Mm. you know, that healing is, um, kind of a new path. And that, um, you know, when I ask for, you know, healing, I don't know. I think I need to find a new word than healing because it doesn't connote what I think in my mind. Um, somebody who needs to be or seeking healing is how do I live new and differently with what I'm facing? And maybe a disease or something goes away. I don't know. Um, you know, it's... Um, there's a lot of questions around that, I think. And, and, and then the assumption that, you know, you've heard this, I know, before of, you know, wow, I, you know, the test came back and the tumor was gone. But the guy next to me, the test came back and the tumor wasn't gone and both prayed equally hard. Right. How do you answer that? Right. And, um, and, and to your point a minute ago, 
some might say, well, the man whose tumor didn't go away didn't have enough faith, or there weren't enough people praying for him. And but then that makes God seem petty. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, today wasn't a good day for him to be healed. That's, I don't think that's how yeah. God rolls. Or it wasn't part of God's plan. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't God's plan be for everybody to be cancer-free? And then there's survivor guilt of like, well, why did I survive? And then this other person didn't. And then there's the pressure of, oh, God must have a plan for me. And then you're like putting all of this extra weight on yourself of like, I survived for a reason. What is that reason? What is that reason? What is God trying to do with me? How am I trying? How am I supposed That's to not done God's with me purpose? yet. Yeah. And uh, it gets really heavy. And yeah, absolutely. Complicated. But yeah, you're right. That is a whole nother episode. <laughs> <laughs> Put a pit. What do they say? Put, Put a, a pin, pin in, in it. it. Yeah. Put a pin in that one. We'll come back to uh, that. Healing. But um, so could, could you tell me uh, some of the times in your life, a lot of people talk about the power of prayer, feeling the yeah. power of prayer. Have there been times that you have felt that power of prayer? Hmm. And if so, what does that feel like? What it, what do you what does it mean? You know, that's a really good question and I have had enough different junk in my life. Like I think back 15 years ago when I had prostate cancer. And there was some sketchiness as to how if it had spread or whatever. And um a lot of a lot of churchy people were praying for me. And um I don't really think I felt the power of prayer. I think I felt the power of their uh, focused energy on me and concentration and care. And maybe that's a sideways manifestation of their prayer. I don't know. Um, I have had occasions, though, where um, I'm thinking of a couple of times when I was— Early on in my marriage, I remember uh, we were in a really kind of just bad season, and there was some contemplation about separating, and we were um, uh, on a trip, and I was really forlorn, and uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, forlorn, what a churchy word. (laughs) I don't ever use the word forlorn. Well, we already did wandering in the desert. We might as well say forlorn. Forlorn. (laughs) Anyway, so sitting on a deck, talking to God. I wasn't like doing any magic prayer things, but God just, I really need, could, would appreciate knowing that you are ever present. And uh, I don't tell this story very often, but it, because it's kind of, ooh. Anyway, um, a shooting star literally was just like right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And um, that one, I, it didn't, I'm kind of slow, and that it didn't connect that maybe, you know, Stars happen, you know, when you're out in the country, you can finally see stars, right? Well, by the time I went in the house, there had been 10 shooting stars. Mm. And um, I think maybe that was a reminder that God is big and God is ever-present. I had another time when, for me, nature is a big connector. Yeah. And um, the bird, a hawk's or kind of a spiritual being for me, and um, have had many occasion of driving out in the country um, and looking over, and there's just a beautiful red-tailed hawk. And it serves as a reminder for me when I see him. Way to go, God. Mm-hmm. And have had a couple occasions, because that's kind of a thing I do when I need to go out and just process stuff, is I just go for a drive, of, um, you know, man, there seemed to be a whole lot of red-tailed hawks out today. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when I uh, go on trips and take pictures, you know, I see God through the lens. And that is, those are times when I have felt the power of prayer. See, when I, when I, it makes me think that the power of prayer isn't necessarily uh that God is doing those things for you as a reminder. So it's not God sent you Doug Meyer, 10 shooting stars and Mm -hmm. five Hawks and all of the things that you see, but it's what you said earlier that God is ever present. And when we are in prayer or meditation, we are seeking God's presence and 
we are more open to what is already happening around us, what is already at work around us. And that's the power of prayer for me. The power lies in me being able to broaden my mindset, my worldview, my understanding of the universe to take more in. It's like uh, your, your eyes dilating and being able to take in all of the light. Um, it's, and I think that sometimes when we talk about the power of prayer, we're referring it into the sense of a genie of like, Oh, prayer is powerful. A a measurable outcome kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think that the true power is being able to see the ways that God is already at work, has always been at work, is at work right now, will continue to be at work. And we get a glimpse of it because for a moment in time, we're open to it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why I like um, when I go on my little jaunts away with my camera, there is um, kind of almost like this youthful, childlike energy of what am I going to see through the lens of my camera? And uh, invariably, you know, I'm just, I'm really drawn to creation. Uh, I don't, that's, uh, those are God moments for me. Those are kind of, you know, really thin, special uh, looking at it and, you know, whether it's in the uh, artistry of a flower or the magnificence of a snowstorm or whatever. Um, so that goes all the way back to the very beginning where I said, my prayer life is a whole lot to do with my image of God. And I, my image of God is very present in creation. We talked about some of the prayer methods that maybe don't work for us. Yeah. Is there any uh, method that you've found that helps you connect in a little bit more easily. So I know being in nature is really big for you. Yep. Um, is there any other uh, style of prayer or method of prayer that helps you feel more connected to God? I like, um, well, I, I guess I like meditation in that uh, for me, meditation is uh, silence. It's not guided, which is for some works really well, but um Frequent, uh, not frequently. Recently, I was on a trip up in northern Minnesota and uh, had occasion just to walk out into a gray big old open field, just sat down and um, breathing in, breathing out, looking. Uh, those are very useful for me. Um, you know, the um, I have a friend that uh, gave us a Tibetan prayer bowl. Are you familiar with those? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And every now and then we will get that out and uh, just kind of create in our den a quiet place. And when you tap the edge of that, it has such a pure tone and trying to stay with the presence of the tone all the way until you can't hear it anymore. There is something about that. It's, um, It's very centering for me. Um. You know, other prayer methods, uh, I don't know. The, uh, those are the kinds right now that are, are really useful. I don't do real well with other people's words mm-hmm. in prayers. Um, I, I can't own those. I mean, they're beautiful, and I appreciate the artistry or poetry behind them, but that doesn't do it for me. Yeah. I think that for me, um, when I am in a place of verbal prayer, uh, starting with gratitude is really helpful. And, and, um, my therapist helped me find some, um, more unexpected ways to, to find gratitude. Cause I was talking to him about how I struggle with my prayer life and I'd like to get better at prayer and meditation. I know the benefits of it. Like I know that I feel better mm. when I pray and meditate regularly. And, uh, which also sounds very selfish of like, what can prayer do for me? <laughs> but, but you do like it, it, it brings on, uh, this enlightening feeling and uh, one of the things that he told me is like, well, you're pretty active. You like exercising. Um, I used to be anyways. So he was like, while you're exercising, uh, say that I'm grateful for this. You know, I was doing kickboxing and he was like, when you punch the bag, say, I'm grateful for this hand that allows me to do this activity. I'm grateful for my shoulder that rotates when I need it to all of these things. And I've kind of converted that, um, into lately I've been struggling with body positivity and I've been reading a lot about how, like, especially for women, um, and I know men struggle with body positivity too, uh, 
being grateful for the parts of your body and their function mm. as opposed to what they look like. Um, and say, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I have like a round tummy that has nourished me and fed me sure. well. I'm grateful for my feet that keep me stable on the ground. I'm grateful for my, uh, arm flab. <laughs> I'm grateful for my strong arms and my broad shoulders that allow me to do chores around the house. And, um, going into those places of gratitude for yeah. the simplest of things of, I could lose everything and still have hopefully two feet planted firmly on the ground, that'll take me anywhere. And to be grateful for those things, it really helps you enter into an attitude of prayer mm -hmm. uh, that can then expand beyond that. But for the the tangible place to start, a lot of times I use breath and try and get into my body and express the ways that I'm grateful for each part of my body and what it does. And then it takes me into a time of prayer and meditation. Man, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, I've been, um, struggling with some bedtime anxiety lately and, um, watched a class online about preparation. You know, there's tons of stuff out there for preparation to fall asleep. The one that was the most helpful was a breathing exercise Yeah, that, um, you know, in its simplest way, it helps clear out the clutter. And, uh, you know, for me to do it uh, like they recommend, I really have to focus on counting my, my breaths, counting the seconds while I hold my breath in, then counting out. And, um, you know, I don't know that that is a frequently prescribed prayer method, but it, for me, is a uh, an awareness raising of just the whole kind of uniqueness, you know, how I'm made. That kind of thing. And I, I want to say something, too, about the gratitude. You know, that uh, we talk a lot about that in recovery groups, uh, and it is frequently prescribed for people who are caught up in, uh, gosh, uh, battles with the world or battling with themselves over relapse or whatever. And, um, you know, I haven't thought about it really as a, um, pr a prayer method, but I, I appreciate what you said because I think it is a great reminder of— uh, the word I use is enough. You know, in so many ways, I have enough. I am enough. And uh, it's, um, it's focusing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. When you sit down at night and then you create a, a gratitude list and maybe you've, you know, uh, I sometimes think uh, I'm either not enough or don't have enough. And then once I work on a gratitude list, I'm overwhelmed with all that I do have, mm -hmm. you know. So I think those have got to be prayer methods. They've got to be ways that God kind of heightens our awareness of God's, you know, presence. Well, and I, I think that that's the whole point of prayer for me is uh, connecting in with God. And if that's a conversation for you, fantastic. If mm -hmm. it's a dialogue, fantastic. For me, it's not. And so we're all trying to connect in to the Spirit uh, one way or another, and just to realize that there are different ways to do that. And maybe the way that has always been prescribed, it's not working because it's not the style of prayer that most resonates with you and yeah. your being and the yeah. way that you are in this world. You know, I really like that because I, I don't think we, the institution of the church, have done a real good job of helping people own the individuality of prayer. I think that uh, we talk about it, and sometimes it's almost as if uh, we're giving people handouts about here's the best way to go prayer, go pray. Well, that handout was made for, you know, 10,000 people <laughs> or whatever, whereas our prayer life is an individual, uh, you know, awareness of God's presence. Well, the way I come to that is not going to be the same way you come to that. Mm -hmm. But um, but I also think the interesting about interesting thing about prayer is that it's an individual practice that has the potential to connect you to the world. Like mm -hmm. it's incredible mm -hmm. that when you are truly in 
um, a humble prayer practice that you do your empathy increases your uh world vision increases like the the way seeing other people in the image of god increases all of that and so it is about connecting with other people and how we can better serve god and better live like jesus but it is so uniquely individual that's true yeah 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 that's cool the way you said that you know is i when i think about instances when i pray, like I said earlier about awareness of God's presence, frequently the result is an awareness of the, of the magnitude and yeah. the magnificence. And it's, um, um, as I think about it now, it's kind of like the imagery that works for me is a removing of my busy blinders. You know, man, I can get my nose down and just go mm-hmm. and not see that which is always there until I move the blinders. It wasn't like it got put in place that moment, but yeah. it's always there. Oh, I man. Just, it's like the new pictures that came out from uh, the telescope oh, yeah. that it were seeing clear Im- like images of the universe for distances we've never seen before at uh, a level we've never seen before, Absolutely. at a resolution we've never seen before, and you're just looking at this like zooming in and zooming in and zooming in on the like infinite expanse of the universe and it's just so like I get goosebumps thinking about it like chills and awe and all of these things and it's like man that is that is prayer like that (laughs) is a glimpse into the divine that we don't get to see every day oh yeah and and we don't get to see it in part because we've created a hamster world, world right? Because we choose not to see it. Yeah. 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 All right. So ah, man, big, is... big stuff. Um, what advice would you give to someone who just listened to this whole episode and they're yeah. like, oh, you weirdos. <laughs> no, that they, they <laughs> really you want, would help me. They want to tap into a prayer practice, mm-hmm. but they're having trouble getting started. Maybe the old tropes that they've always been fed haven't worked for them. Like what advice do we have for people who are really seeking prayer growth and connection? Well, I think a couple of things. Let's give them a little menu. I think it would be helpful if they went and read Matthew uh, 6 and just thought about and felt affirmed that, you know, when you pray, go be quiet. Go, uh, it says in verse 6, when you pray, you should go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who cannot be seen. Okay, so I think that's probably pretty easily achieved, right? Whether it's in your room or your car or the bathroom and the kids are screaming, whatever. Uh, so what I take from that is a set apartness. Mm. Find a time and a place. Make a time and a place. And just sit and be present. And, um, you know, maybe to your point, if you want some practices, some, some tactile experiences, make a gratitude list all the way down to, you know, man, I have, you know, green beans in my pantry and I have a, you know, a dog that loves me unconditionally. And, and um, probably uh, just breathing, just, you know, like, like we, we just said, like go online. I think that's called the web James Webb Telescope. I thought you were talking about the internet. The internet? Do they still <laughs> call that the World Wide Web? I think it's called the web. I think web. it's called the web. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. So, uh, you know, find what is it that uh, draws God's uh, presence to you? Is it uh, a light, lighted candle, lit candle? Is it uh, nature? Is it the fragrance of a flower? You know, I, give yourself some room to experiment. You know, maybe it's a great glass of wine. I just the fla- you know, what are the senses? See, touch, taste, feel, hear. I don't know if I got them all. Um, and then just give yourself a lot of grace. And, um, you know, don't expect, you know, don't create a thing. Well, if Doug had this or Alyssa had that, I'm a, you know, I must not be doing it right. No, no, just be gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, go for a walk and just look around and, and see if you can hear some birds. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. The biggest thing for me is like, um, no, no judgment, no Mm -hmm. self judgment. Um, and if you find yourself judging yourself on accident, just say, okay, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm going to stop doing that and Mm -hmm. let it go. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I think that that is 
what inhibits us is we get in our own heads and we're thinking, am I doing this right? Am I accomplishing? What do I want to accomplish? I want to, you know, and I think that, um, another thing that this sounds like super hippy dippy, but I found it to be super helpful when you do get to the point of wanting to do a a silent practice or anything like that is set your intention for that time. Um, what do you want to feel during that time? And maybe like what I need is I'd re- I really want to feel peace. Mm-hmm. I want to feel content. I want to feel and then make sure it's not like material things. Mm. But I think that when we set intention for our time of, you know, I want to feel joy, then we um, our brain kind of hones in on that feeling and uh like I said before, the power of prayer happens and that power is our eyes are opened to what's already there. Yeah. That God yeah. is always providing. Well, and maybe be realistic too. Like, um, it's probably not realistic if you're just now beginning to breathe into prayer that you're going to go on a prayer retreat and be all focused all weekend or, yeah. you know, maybe, I don't know, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or uh, I've heard of people who kind of beat themselves up when they pray at bedtime and fall asleep. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably all right. It seems like that kind of helped you relax and you fell asleep. Yeah. You know, I think it's all cool. Well, and uh, on our website at tmumc.org slash prayer, uh, we do have prayer practices to try that oh, yeah. are like five-minute prayer practices. So we list out, you know, Lectio Divina, breath prayer, centering prayer, um, a few other things. We even have like a holy yoga session on there, cool. like all sorts of stuff that you can kind of experiment with and, and figure out, you know, what is my preferred prayer practice in my quiet time alone? Well, that was a great word to use, I think, in this experiment. Don't uh, do that which you begin to have a sense that is working. And, you know, if it's just uniquely you, man, embrace it. Yeah. You don't have to do it like everybody else does it. No, no. Uh, yeah, because for you, prayer practice is slapping paint on a canvas. And yeah. That's something that would never, I would never feel connected doing that because it just, it doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. But yeah. that's a, a big thing for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, and again, I think it goes back to that. Um, I feel the most alive when my senses are alive, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and so color, the interchange of color on that and that I'm directing that, you know, that's a way cool experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thanks, well, guys. hey, this has been kind of fun. Um, you know, I think that there is a great value in creating a space where we can uh, contemplate and consider uh, who we are and how, how we relate to each other and to our faith. So thanks for helping create that. Thank you for coming back on, and I hope to have you more episodes soon. All righty. The Life Plus God podcast is hosted, written, and produced by me, Alyssa Robinson, and sponsored by Treach Memorial United Methodist Church in Flower Mound, Texas. If you live in the Flower Mound area, I invite you to stop by and see if Treach could be your church family. You can learn more about all of our programs and events at tmumc.org. Next week's episode will be brought to you by Men in Progress, a monthly podcast series hosted by the United Methodist Men of Treach to explore challenges faced by men.